0: What's up everybody, It's Miles the, the Indiana Pacers, you
1: listen to the Rules Podcast, be sure to follow at at Rules on Twitter. Hello everyone and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias towards the Indiana Pacers, coming to you from the off-season of the team while the playoffs are still going on. Go Nuggets is the first thing I've got to say, even though I said Lakers last week, I still want to see the Nuggets make it a good series, and Justin, it's been a pretty decent conference finals so far, hasn't it?
0: Yeah, amazing. Who who thought we would have been here when we when we last recorded? I think Clippers were up three one, and um, we all kind of said they'd unfortunately be our pick to win it all. Um, but yeah, amazing. Like Denver's come back two series in a row down three one, never been done before. Um, and we're just recording this after a, another Denver win. Um, they could really be up two one against the Lakers if Anthony Davis doesn't hit that shot, couldn't
1: they? Unbelievable. My love for Denver has been evident all year. I've tried to fit them into any podcast that I possibly could. And I'm, I'm just loving this right now. They're low key. My second favorite team right now, um, behind the obvious, but, uh, yeah, making it a really cool series. It remains to be seen whether the Eastern conference Finals can be a series. It looks like Miami are in full control, even though they lost game three, but, um, yeah, I, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. It doesn't matter what combination of team makes the finals right now. I think it's going to be an interesting finals and it's not a layup for the Lakers like we thought it was going to be. I think all three teams have the, uh, the ability to be able to knock them off on the right day. Alex, who is in the box seat for the finals right now?
2: I'm still on the Lakers train, man. I, I want to see Frank Vogel get that chip. I wish he could have won one in India, obviously, as we all do, but I'm still a massive fan of him, as I'm sure you two are. So uh, just, just for that, and also those Black Mama jerseys, they need to wear them every game. Yeah. Yeah, First true. of all, they're beautiful, but secondly, they're undefeated in them. But um, yeah, the Nuggets are playing well, and over in the East, you said the, the Nuggets could be up 2-1, so could the Celtics. Oh, they could be up 3-0. They've had double-figure leads in every game. So uh, both the conference finals are stacking up to be good. It's, uh, it's just great to have basketball, man.
1: As much as I love the Mumba jerseys, I also love the Denver rainbow jerseys too, the black rainbow jerseys. I think they look pretty sweet as well. So we've got got some pretty cool jersey uh, matchups in the Western Conference right now. All right, that's enough about talking about every other team. It's time to talk Pacers basketball. And uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun with it this week because there have been some awful fake trades going around. Some absolutely awful fake trades. And I think we're going to go around the go around the room and we're going to get the worst trade candidate for the Indiana Pacers this offseason that you have seen floated on social media. Now I'm going to start it off, and I'm going to start it off with a guy that's playing in the conference finals right now for the Boston Celtics. He's in every single Indiana Pacers fake trade known to man. It's always Miles Turner involved. It's always potentially Miles Turner and Doug McDermott involved. Maybe Jeremy Lamb as well because he earns way too much money for his production. Gordon Haywood would be a terrible trade candidate for the Indiana Pacers. He. Is not the answer. He's not a genuine power forward, which is what you would need to trade for if you traded away Miles Turner. Uh, he's the same level as TJ Warren, in my view. So he's not an upgrade at either forward position over what we've got right now. And his contract just has ballooned to a degree that he would be the highest paid player, player in Indiana Pacers history. <laughs> and you do not want the highest played player in your franchise's history to be Gordon Haywood. Justin, am I wrong?
0: Wow. Well, when you mentioned that last little tidbit, which I never knew, uh, great work there, Adam. Yeah, no, I don't want him. I, I think Indiana fans or some Indiana fans have an obsession where if there's some sort of Indiana connection, they always sure. want a pacer player. We've seen it in the past with previous players. But yeah, no, Gordon Haywood, it's a no from me. He he. Just too injury prone, um, and yeah, maybe if he was on half the contract, but not at that money.
1: Alex, can I interest you in a little Gordon Haywood?
2: No, you cannot, mate. And Good. especially now, he's looking, he's looking like the original Boston Celtic, right now, isn't he? With that, uh, that mo, he needs to get to the, uh, to the bubble barbershop. I think looks like a boxer from suit. the
1: thirties. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I don't. I don't understand what's going. Look, I don't mind it. He's going. It's bold. I don't mind a moustache. It's not Movember yet, though. Like, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves, Gordon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just I always see Gordon Hayward trades floated by other people. Usually, people who don't support the Pacers or people who are that far into Indiana basketball, Indiana college basketball, that they will accept just about anyone who's played for any <laughs> single Indiana ball club. Um, they probably want someone from Ball State basketball to be signed by the Pacers in the offseason. So, shouts to Ball State. I know we've had a couple of guests that are alum of Ball State. Nothing against you guys, but not a great, not known for your basketball. <laughs> um, Justin, I'm going to throw to you who's your worst player that the Pacers could trade for this offseason?
0: Yeah, now I was actually in shock when I saw this for the first time. I just thought it was classic clickbait. So, I disregarded it. I saw it a second time, then a third time. And then on the fourth time, I actually messaged you two and said, is this real? Like, am I, am I like not human anymore? Why is this getting rumored? And you two agreed with me. That is the most ridiculous thing. Now, Chris Paul on the paces. I mean, you want to bring up salaries, Adam. Chris Paul, $38.51 million, which would make him the highest paid pacer Ever. Ever. I was actually going to word it in a different sense, saying it's basically Sabonis and Brogdon together. But you saying it's the highest paid player is even worse. Now, Chris Paul, fantastic point guard. You see what he did for Oklahoma City, carried him to a Game 7. You know, the real leadership that the Pacers probably need. But at 35 years old, a point guard where probably Brogdon's the only player where you can... Say, hey, we are not trading Brogdon this offseason. Hey,
1: how are you going to make up salaries? How are you go- who are yeah, you going to ha-
0: trade? We'd, we'd have to trade Oladipo and we'd have to trade two starters to get Chris Paul in. And we've got a point guard who's younger, who's one of our best players in Brogdon. Now, Chris Paul is a player you bring on a contender to get him over the hump. You see the rumors about Giannis saying to Milwaukee's ownership, that he wants Chris Paul. Now, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Right? Because. Yep.
0: If- Eric Bledsoe played terribly. They're a piece away. They need leadership to get to the next step. That makes sense for Milwaukee. But my God, guys, back me up here. Chris Paul in Indiana, no.
2: Oh, man, it's the salary, isn't it, for me? Like like you said, Chris Paul could help all 30 teams in the NBA. 100%. He would make every team better. But when you have to give up two of your starters for a guy who's going to be making almost $40 million in his late 30s, shout out to Chris Paul's agent, first of all. Yeah. and shout out to Dale Mori because he got out of that contract. I know we're going to talk about <laughs> another guy that Dale Maury's got into with, but yeah, Chris Paul's a, a big no for me.
1: There's a there's a teal New Orleans Hornets Chris Paul jersey in one of my drawers right now in in the the deep dark depths of uh, of my jersey <laughs> collection. So, well, I love Chris Paul. Fantastic! Oh, we we'll take that Chris Paul. He's yeah, <laughs> he's a uh, he's he's what what is colloquially referred to on Twitter as a dog. He will do anything and everything to get you the win. He will work hard. He will. Dob on the opponents. He will do anything possible to get you the win. I would love to have Chris Paul on the Indiana Pacers, just not this Indiana Pacers team. We have a point guard. We have our point guard for at least the next three seasons after this one, and hopefully a lot longer than that, depending on durability. But like that, that number is is the big thing. You're right. But also, we don't want to play Malcolm Brogdon off the ball. We don't want to trade Oladipo and Turner. We don't want to trade Oladipo, Lamb and McDermott. Like, what would it take to make up the the salaries of that guy? And whose minutes would he take as well? Like, you'd have to play Brogdon off the ball. You'd basically be playing two point guard lineups, which, you know, has had mixed success in the NBA. So, completely agree. Uh, As I hope Chris Paul wins a championship in his career. He deserves it. He's been a great player. But not... Not a not a trade to target for the Indiana Pacers, Alex. You've got uh, you got the third pick. Who is uh, the worst candidate for a trade for Indiana?
2: It is Mister Brick. No, I won't say that. It is uh, it is Russell Westbrook, the main man. Uh, You know, you almost went there. I have nothing against Russell Westbrook. I think you know I I appreciate players who go at one hundred and ten percent, but. That man is the definition of inconsistent. We saw it in the playoffs, man. Like he sold the Rockets game after game. He was, but I do. I will. I will admit though, I enjoyed the fact that he was. Uh, he was drawing at the babies on the sideline. That brought me some. Uh. Some joy, that was pretty funny, but yeah, Russell Westbrook, man, I saw that, I, th- I think everyone listening to this podcast probably saw that trade floating around Twitter where we were giving up, what, what were we I'll even believe giving it. them? We are giving him like Brogdon miles.
1: and Turner. Turner.
2: Brogdon and Lamb, yeah, I think. Like Half our Lamb. roster for, yep. for yep. <laughs> Russell Westbrook, yep. and we know Westbrook and Oladipo don't work, so I mean... Yeah, I, Full, full credit
1: man. to Russell Westbrook. I mean, in one of those bubble uh, arenas, he be- built a beautiful house down one end just behind the basket. <laughs> it was a lovely brick house that he built over the course of that that Lakers series. But I just, once again, I mean, you talk about Chris Paul's contract. Somehow, Russell Westbrook's contract is even worse. It's for more money and an extra year. So if you're trading for Russell Westbrook, you're expecting him to be good for the next three seasons. And you're expecting him to replace a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. And I'm not sure that Russell Westbrook is better than Malcolm Brogdon right now with how he played in the playoffs. I'm not sure that you can reliably say that Russell Westbrook's going to play better than Malcolm Brogdon next season based on how he played in the playoffs. So why would you take that risk and also trade another starter and also trade your sixth man for a guy who's (laughs) probably not going to be very good for the next three years? Athletic guards fall off cliffs. That's what they do because they rely on their athleticism. Russell Westbrook doesn't have a jump shot to lose. He never had one to begin with. So this is not going to be a pretty next three years for Russell Westbrook. I feel like I've just eviscerated him, Justin. Is there anything <laughs> you want to add? I'll build him
0: up before I tame him down. And I want to bring up something you said, Alex, because I completely agree is I respect Russell Westbrook in the way he plays basketball. I feel like some people want players to play hard, but when they do, they're offended. Like, don't question his heart. Yeah, Westbrook goes hard 82 games a season, 48 minutes a game. And I respect that because so little players do that. And I love watching him, like for another team.
1: But (laughs) yeah,
0: yeah, for for the pace, I, I mentioned earlier on the... On the podcast, I think it was early on in the season, um, Russell Westbrook got brought up for some reason in a trade scenario. And I said, he does not mold, he does not fit the Pacers franchise. He will never be a Pacer, no matter what. He just doesn't suit team first, culture, like all that. Westbrook, like I mentioned, Westbrook, and I know I said, Demarcus Cousins as well. Just those two guys are not players Pacers would go after. So, yeah, it's funny. Like, us three have mentioned the three players, um, Chris Paul, Hayward, and Russell Westbrook. These are all players that we've seen online on Twitter that the Pacers are, you know, mocked to get in a trade. And it's funny that all three of us are a very firm no.
1: And the great irony, as we've talked about ad nauseum on this show, Pacers' rumors and Pacers' trades don't get out before they happen. So, yeah. anything you're reading right now is not going to happen. What's going to happen is something that no one's reporting and that comes out of nowhere. So, I think what we all need to understand is as much as we'd love to hear Pacers' trade room is about who they're going to sign, Ricky Rubio was absolutely a Pacer until 30 minutes after free agency opened last year. And then all of a sudden, Malcolm Brogdon was a Pacer and that came in from nowhere. So, thank God. He, yeah. <laughs> we you can't say that this club is predictable and you also can't say that you can uh, they leak their moves because they're very very good at keeping everything in house.
0: It's funny you mentioned that Adam because I've had those same thoughts run through my mind when I've seen the Pacers coaching search rumors just thinking no they're always wrong the sources are wrong with Indiana. <laughs>
1: That is an A-grade segue, Justin. I was, yeah. I was figuring out how to segue there. Really I've taught you some, tri- some tricks over yeah. the last 12 months, mate. You're a, you're a broadcaster now. I'm done it um, for your job. You are. You are. You can host <laughs> the next one. How's that? Um, so that leads into our next topic of conversation. The Paces have identified up to 14 head coaching candidates for initial interviews Uh, at which time they will whittle that list down by at least half uh, reported by uh, many sources among them, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski and uh, Sham Sharania from The Athletic. So uh, I'm going to go through a list of names. I'll start with you, Alex. I want want you to give me, I guess, the candidates that you're most excited about um, because we're going to go positive. We've just gone negative with players. Let's go positive with coaches uh, and figure out who you want uh, to at least go through to the next round of interviews. So we have, obviously, Mike D'Antoni, former Houston Rockets coach, former Kings and Grizzlies coach Dave Yeager. We have David Vanderpool, who's an assistant with the, with the Wolves. Jacques Vaughn, who was the head coach of the Nets up until a couple of weeks ago. Nate Tibbets, who's an associate head coach with the Blazers. Becky Hammond and Will Hardy, who are assistants with the Spurs. Dan Craig and Chris, Chris Quinn, previously reported assistants with the Heat. They're still in the bubble right now. The Mavericks assistants, Jamal Mosley and Stephen Silas. Darvin Ham and Charles Lee from the Bucks, Aimee Udoka from the Sixers. And the Magics, Pat Delaney. So, Alex, based on that wide-ranging list of assistants, former coaches, who do you want to go through to the next round?
2: Ooh, um, that's a tough one. Uh, firstly, a name that wasn't actually mentioned in this Article, weirdly enough, which is uh Chauncey who's a name that's been thrown around yes. a lot. He he's gonna progress to the second
1: the... round directly, isn't he? Like he's not getting a yeah, first round I don't
2: even pressing. think I think he said that he didn't want to do him on Zoom. Yeah. So he'll definitely be one of the, the guys that KP Briggs in person, I would imagine. Yeah. Um I'm still Oh man, it's tough. Oh, I would go for me. I'm still gonna go Dan Craig, Becky, out of the they're my two assistant choices. And then I'm surprised that Kenny Atkinson isn't a name that's being thrown around more, especially with the Pacers. I don't know any team that's interviewed him yet, which is weird. So maybe I'm missing something on that, but he's a guy that I would not be surprised if uh, the Pacers were to interview.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, we saw um, David Blatt uh, get ousted by LeBron uh, early on in his Cleveland Cavaliers career. We also saw that Kenny Atkinson uh, it sounds more and more like Kyrie and KD were at the forefront of the decision to move on from him as a coach. Do you think, Justin, I'll start with you, do you think there's a stigma there where if you're driven out by a superstar, you're actually less likely to get opportunities because there's a bit of a stank associated with, uh, with your exit from, uh, from a team? So uh, teams probably a little bit wary of upsetting their own superstars?
0: 100%. Great
1: question as well. Yeah,
0: 100%. I think, you know, word travels quick in the NBA. And although fans might not know, um, if players do want coaches out, you know, that probably spreads through player agents to coaches to, you know, Kevin Pritchard, who's making calls about people saying, hey, why did KD and Kyrie not like Kenny Atkinson? And then you probably learn some truths about, oh, geez, that wouldn't work well in our franchise either. Um it's funny, listening to TJ Warren on 1070, oh, the, the fan, the radio, uh, the other week, he mentioned he's very impressed by the list of candidates we've got. He said he's, he's liked the names he's seen reported, which is really good to hear. Um, for myself, I don't think you mentioned him either, Adam, on that list, but um, I know he said we'll start positive, but I'm not going to. Mike Brown, I, I don't want Mike Brown. No,
1: please um, no. No, but, no. No, 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 no.
0: The only good season he's had is when LeBron was on the court, and that's probably something where I could have coached them to a decent record. Um, he's been with the Pacers before. I think, you know, you've done your dash with the Pacers. Nothing against him. Um, I think he's probably a good assistant coach, but to be that leading man, I'd be shocked and disappointed if we got Mike Brown. I just... You guys know, we've spoken about it for a few episodes, I want someone untrialed, um, Personally, I think for some reason, um, I think the Philadelphia 76ers' job is going to be down to Ty Lue or Mike D'Antoni. Uh, I really hope they get Mike D'Antoni. <laughs> so, so so it kind of yep. gives the pace. Best
1: of luck to new Sixers coach Mike D'Antoni, by the way, from the Pacers' podcast. Yes. That might be I, I just, the worst
2: fit I could even possibly imagine Up,
0: <laughs> I, I think they'll go Ty Lue. I, I just got yeah. a feeling I can see Ty Lue... You know, the, he was a former player. I can see Philly going to Ty Lue. Uh, And then, you know, um, what Billy Donovan went to Chicago today. So, you know, we've already heard Mike D'Antoni's not interested in Pelicans or Oklahoma. Kind of, you know, if he's knocking on the door wanting to be an Indiana coach, it's, it's hard, I guess, to say no to the most qualified coach on the market. But for me, you guys know, I actually really want Chauncey Billups. Um, Here's my option, A, B, and C. I, I want someone trial. I don't want a Mike D'Antoni. I don't want a Mike Brown. I don't want someone who's who's failed. Uh, I think we go outside the box for once and um, go from there.
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, I've sort of delved into the stats a little bit. Um, and the... the- the candidates that stick out for me are the the ones where the teams that they coached this year had the highest offensive rating because we know that, that Dan Burke has the defense down. So if you look at the offensive rating over the course of this year, Dallas had the best offensive rating. Portland had the third best. And on that list, we have one Portland associate head coach in Nate Tibbetts. We've got two Mavericks assistants in Jamal Mosley and Stephen Silas. So I'm interested to know if any of those three guys had – a really strong influence on the offensive success of those teams. Cause you know, the, I guess the thing that those two teams had in common was uh, an incredible creator uh, in Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. Um, So they were obviously able to harness the talents of a really good orchestrator of the offense. Uh, We know that Malcolm Brogdon is a really good passer. We know that Domas Sabonis is a really good passer. So, you know, if, if sharing the ball, if getting open shots, if getting role players involved, Is uh, an edict that both of those teams had in the Mavericks and the Blazers. I think that has to hold weight with the paces and the way that we want to play. I think we have to rely on Dan Burke to be able to hold down the defense so that we don't lose momentum there. Um, but I'd like to see us hire a coach that comes from a successful offense if we don't go with Chauncey. Because I think we're all in agreement there that, that Chauncey would be the ideal candidate for us from a player's perspective. Um, but also, um, there's a fairly, fairly significant level of respect that comes with hiring a guy like Chauncey Phillips. So for me, it's I I want to see hopefully the candidates that go through to the next round offense is emphasized because we know that that's the area that we've got to improve in. Um, Alex, do you, uh, do you think that this will be uh, a case of the more experienced coaches will get through to the next round? Or do you think that the more experienced coaches will be cut early in this process?
2: Mm, I think it will be the latter for most guys. Like you, you know, Justin mentioned Mike Brown and, these types of coaches who have already had stints and failed. Jack Vaughn was another name you mentioned. You know, he's had stints as a head coach and failed before. I think those are the first guys you cut if you're KP. And I think he's going to go probably, if they if they cut 50% of that list, I would imagine that probably five of those seven are going to be assistants or inexperienced. Then he'll go with probably Mike D'Antoni and then maybe one other I think Dave Yeager was another name thrown around. Obviously, I don't want him, but I'm just saying that's a guy that could possibly make it through. So I think they'll go much more the inexperienced route, especially with – I think the biggest problem with Mike D'Antoni might actually be his contract. I think it was reported that he wanted $7 million. Yeah, a like the year, which, Especially yeah. in a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows if that's the final straw, which gets him cut out of the paces. So who knows?
1: Yeah. You know the other thing I've been thinking as well. We were fortunate enough to have interviewed Damien Wilkins a few months ago in the middle of the pandemic, and and Damien talked about Kevin Pritchard's pitch to him to bring him back to basketball, and then the pathway that that created for him for to get a job with the NBA PA. And it's clear that Damien's got a real way about him. He clearly gets along with all his teammates. He's a he's a real. Um, kind of coach out there or even on the bench at the end of the bench for that Pacers team, he was highly respected. So if KP can identify that from, uh, I guess, a seminar to try and get players across to the next phase of their career, if he can identify those sorts of personality traits and he's saying he wants a player's coach, then I've got really a great deal of faith in him to be able to find that out. And that's something that we've heard, you know, firsthand from, from Wilkins that not only did KP Look to him and say, you got a bit left in the tank. I think we can use you. It wasn't just his on-court ability. Uh, Justin, I think it was just as much the off-court ability, wasn't
0: it? It's a a great point you make. I actually forgot about that. And you're completely right. I I think when they make the next round of cuts in the coaching ranks, I reckon I'll be able to hone in on who we're going to hire. Right now, there's just so many names getting thrown up. I reckon once the list is down to five, I'll, I'll put a solid guess on who we're going to hire. But I'm just going to say, I know I've been very anti-Mike D'Antoni. That's my own personal thoughts. But I will say, everything Kevin Pritchard said, it makes no sense to hire him. You know, yep. we, want to, we want to go young. We want to relate to players better. You know, they text more. They don't call. We want to, Like, none of that rings Mike D'Antoni. And that's why I'm just so... I can't see all these rumors saying, oh, Pacers, are in, Pacers and D'Antoni are in strong talks and everything like that, because everything we've heard since Nate McMillan got fired is just the opposite of who Mike D'Antoni is. If, if Kevin Pritchard came out and said, look, we need a leader, we need someone with smart offensive intelligence, we need this, we need that, I'd be, yeah, wow. Makes
1: sense. Yeah.
0: Makes sense. But yeah. everything he's saying, it doesn't make sense. That's why I'm holding my ground any time I see Mike D'Antoni pace a rumour. I just flush it down the toilet because I just don't think the Pacers are going to hire him from what Kevin Pritchard
2: said. So is Mike D'Antoni to the Pacers this off-season's Ricky Rubio? Or yes. Is that what we're going with? Um, yeah.
1: That's a good call. That's a very, very good call. Everyone's talking about it. None of us believe it's going to happen, and therefore it probably won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so. we're speaking of the front office. We're talking about our friend Kevin Pritchard. Justin, I think you've got some, uh, a bit of a push that we want to make, a bit of an off-season push that you'd like to share.
0: We have some breaking news <laughs> on the pacerous Obviously, this is—we're this, all laughing right now because this has been some time in the works. This has been, you know, a lot of conversations between the three of us, a lot of a lot of talking with the fans of the show. Um, but we are going to announce and, and get a movement tomorrow. As our next big guest is to get Kevin Pritchard on the podcast. Um, it, it's a massive effort. It's a massive pull. But we have had a conversation. A long
1: shot, boys. It's a long shot. We're three guys from Melbourne.
0: It's a, it's a Steph Curry shot from half court. We, we have had a conversation with him. Um, we've, we've had some fans reach out. Alex has made a video. We're going we're gonna to go live on Twitter tomorrow during the Miami-Boston game. We're going to start a hashtag trending KP to the pace of I know some fans of the show are already aware of it. But we're going all in on this. Uh, we want Kevin to come on the show.
1: And yeah, when we started this show, I think, you know, we, to give you guys some insight, we hadn't met each other before. We we literally met face to face and recorded the first episode of this show. We've yeah. been communicating on Twitter for a little while, been tossing around some ideas, eventually got some equipment, decided to record a show and it's grown from there. And we've been so, you know, taken aback, I think, by the support that we've had, by the amazing people that have reached out to us and told us that, you know, they're Pacers fans in Australia or they love hearing our perspective or they've listened to every episode. And, you know, I think it's really blown us all away. Um, I don't think any of us expected to, you know, reach a a thousand followers on Twitter. I don't think any of us expected to, I guess, continually have, you know, supporters out there um, shouting us out on social media and, and singing our praises and, you know, doing guest spots on podcasts like you guys have done and, and that sort of stuff. Like it's, it's been a really cool year. And I think um, when we came together, we, we all agreed who our dream guest would be. And yeah, that dream wow. guest is Kevin Pritchard. And, you know, he, he has interacted with us once and and we would like that to continue. And we'd like to get him on the show. We'd like to talk to him about the ball club um, the fan base, uh, you know, his experience running the club and and what uh, what his philosophies are and and really talk from a fan's perspective because um, KP doesn't go on a lot of podcasts. He went on the Dan Dakey show. He went on Woja's podcast a little while ago. Doesn't make a lot of appearances. So this would be, you know, a, a real dream come true for the three of us, Alex, wouldn't
2: it? 100%, man. And straight off the bat, you know, you, you kind of mentioned it there, but man, like, I actually cannot believe... We were talking about it before the show The the amount of listeners we've been getting lately and the amount of support, it it actually is surreal, man, because I've, I've actually got the tweet in my bookmarks from you. You just responded to one of my tweets one day. I think I I might've been on someone's podcast and you just replied saying, yo, we should start a, a podcast of our own. And like, just, just something so simple, just one tweet, you deciding to send that tweet literally changed our lives. And that's insane. And, we're grateful for for everyone that's listened to the show and Justin, i remember i didn't even know you you didn't know me i just dm'd you on instagram one day saying we got <laughs> two random guys from from melbourne who love the paces you want to come on and and you said yes so i mean it's it's been a, a crazy 13 or 14 months or however long it's been and shout out to everyone who made a video for the for the kp uh, pitch appreciate yeah. you um like it, it really does mean a lot and we'll give you a shout out or, or whatever we do on Twitter. So just grateful, man.
0: Yeah. So the yeah, the plan is we're gonna go live tomorrow. Everyone gets the hashtag tweeting KP to the paceroos. Uh we'll have the video there for everyone to watch. Um it's gonna be really fun, like we want it to be fun, energetic, you know. We're we're an Australian podcast, so we're not gonna get all serious on KP. Um, we're you know <laughs> but yeah, to to reach your both your sentiments. It, it's been amazing. Like, um, I talk to you boys probably more than anyone. I know we're all locked down in Melbourne right now, but fellow Pacer fans, we probably talk every day. Um, so it's great, great having a friendship with you two. And, um, yeah, let's, i I've, you know, bringing this idea to you guys, it's more like, let, let's go for it. You know, let's, let's just shoot our shot. Um, the Pacer is great with overseas fans. We've seen that, Alex, when you travelled over there for myself, of a, I've obviously had a massive experience over there in the Indiana. They treat international fans like royalty. Yeah, um, we've all even seen that Adam with getting you know the likes of JJ, Pat Boyle, and on Mark Boyle. Um, Monty, it's
1: been fantastic. Mark,
0: yeah, so um, couldn't couldn't be thankful enough. But um, we're going to go for the juggernaut and try and get the uh, the big boss on.
1: <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, it's going to be fun. I think, guys. You know, as we said, it's a long shot. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet, if you could like, if you could tweet out the hashtag um, and and try and make this happen. Uh, As we say, we we don't do this for money. We do it for the love and uh, we do it to try and uh, be entertaining. We really enjoy doing this podcast. It's something we look forward to whenever one of us sends a message to say, Hey, you want to record tonight? We all get pretty excited. I think at the prospect of, uh, of talking hoops and particularly talking about this ball club. And it's been uh, an awesome last 13, 14 months, as you said, Alex. And I think, Uh, we're we're not stopping anytime soon. We're going to be a fixture in Pacers basketball for uh, a very long time. And the beauty of Zoom is that we can record this wherever we are in the world in the middle of a pandemic. So if we can record and keep bringing you episodes across COVID, uh, then we can record and keep bringing you episodes at any point in time. So we're not going to stop until uh, until we're on that Pacers court uh, posing with a, with a player or with a uh, with an official or with our good friend JJ that mentioned us on Fox Sports Indiana. You didn't. We forgot to mention that. How incredible true, to be mentioned yeah. uh, on the Pacers broadcast. But look, uh, I think it's a it's a cool cool thing to ask. If it happens, amazing. If it doesn't, we shot our shot. That's what matters. But uh, very very cool. Um, and uh, look forward to you all getting involved in it. That about wraps us up this week, guys. Um, I'll give you guys the opportunity to predict the NBA finalists. We may not come to you before the finals uh, begin. Uh, We may come to you just before the finals start, but who's your prediction to make the NBA finals? Is it a layup of Heat-Lakers? Alex, start with you.
2: Yeah, you had it. Um, I'm going Lakers-Heat, and then I'm going to go... I'm going to say Lakers in six. Justin?
0: I'm going Lakers Boston. Um, I actually think Boston deserve to be up in this series right now. Um, yeah. I think I think they'll come back and win in seven. Um, so I'm going Lakers v Boston, and Lakers in six.
1: I, re- I I've been listening to you you guys, and I really want to say Denver. Um, but <laughs> do but, it, do it. But. But I'm going to say Denver. Uh, nuggets yes. Heat. <laughs> nuggets Heat. Let's do something different. Let's get weird. It's a pandemic. Year. We're in a bubble. Nuggets Heat.
0: While we've got another minute, I was saying to Tyson, obviously a big Lakers fan uh, who's been on our show, I think it's going to be funny to see how the NBA community reacts to the championship winner. If Lakers win, mm. oh, fantastic. LeBron, finals MVP, what a great year. If Denver or Miami win, it's oh, that's easy. Yeah, that season was useless. No fans, no, like it will happen, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, yeah. If LeBron wins, then it's the greatest championship in the history of everything ever. Yeah. If anyone else wins, then it's the worst. That's, yeah. uh, it's like a lockout championship. It's the same thing. Yeah.
0: You can, you can predict the storylines already, can't you?
1: Yeah, you can. Bleacher report, though, will keep tweeting out about Lakers. Just, just <laughs> keep that same energy, guys. Keep that same Washington. energy. Oh, It's ridiculous. (laughs) All right, guys, this has been the Pace Roost podcast. Don't retweet Bleacher Reports, Alex Caruso tweets, everyone. We'll see you again very soon.